Good morning, you're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped, the Untapped store. Use the coupon code PODCAST to get 20% off your next purchase. That's store.untapped.com. The coupon code is PODCAST. I'm John, and first, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. This episode is going to be different. We're still going to be John and Harrison and talk about beer and even sometimes candy, but in this episode, we're not even going to drink a beer. This episode features something like a beer in that you can find it in bottles and cans in your grocery store. You can drink enough of it to celebrate your favorite sports team or a day off of work. And it's mostly full of bubbles as well. (laughs) You can enjoy it thoroughly in any season, but it's always fresher in certain areas of the world. But don't worry, even if you can't find any, it's pretty easy to make at home, at least easier than pie. Uh, Harrison, what are we drinking today? John, I know, right? Let's not keep the people waiting any longer. We're going to be enjoying Blood Amulet from Bee Nectar. And this is one of their ciders, actually. known for Bee Nectar Meadery for their meat, of course. But this is a cider, and I am super stoked to check it out um, for many reasons. But let's get some quick uh, objective facts about it first before we dump our subjectiveness all over it. (laughs) <laughs> um, so Blood Amulet, six, it's a, classified as a cider, um, a hard cider, actually, um, obviously. 6.2% alcohol, fresh-pressed Michigan cider with raspberry and cranberry added. So it's got some extra fruit in here. Uh, so not just apples doing all the work, but fair amount of, of uh, raspberries and cranberries, too. So I'm going to pop the top here. John's already in. Good. It's a beautiful color from what I just saw you pour, and I'm gonna drop mine in as well. Holy cow! Yeah, I knew it. I know. We're excited to kind of take the plunge here and do something different. So let's just. All right. Okay, you got your first sip. Go ahead. Dude, why have we waited so long? This is. It smelled. The first thing I thought of, honestly, when I when I smelled it was church wine. Right. Um, as a, a grew up Catholic and it took me right back to like my first communion. Um, mm. but the taste, dude, this is, this begs for you to be drinking it at your Thanksgiving feast or, I mean, the cranberries there, I get a little bit of, you said they put raspberry yeah. in it. Correct. Yeah. Raspberry as well. Didn't expect it to be red. Obviously cranberry yeah. and raspberry. That makes sense right. now. Um, but like the taste just made me smile. This taste weighed, I expected something like angry orchard and this is, there's stories going on in this bottle. What do you think, man? Yeah, I love that. That's kind of right. My first, this, the first sniff actually I got, it shot me right back to, um, dogfish heads fort. The first time I had that, which is like, that's like a 12 or 11 or really boozy, like raspberry, strong i don't know it's a crazy beer i had it at the brew pub a long time ago amazing though but it's just like so all raspberry in the nose it was like raspberry jumped out at me right away yep i got kind of some of that the church wine happening as well and then yeah like the it's almost what i didn't taste that got me really excited where it was this is not like sweet or overly sweet like that's the 
one thing that you yes. know, a common knock maybe you hear on ciders or you maybe you think yourself like I don't want to drink apple juice that's too sweet for me get your hands on some of this because it's not it's it, you know there's obviously it tastes like you're drinking just like a raspberry apple thing like not a juice juice kind of does it a disservice I think it's so it's such a nice dry finish while still being yep. fruity um you know this is great yeah right like as you said pass the turkey give me the mashed potatoes put the game on like and this is see you later this is a this is a treat I um I've never I've never turned my nose up to cider, but I think I always just get more excited about Man. you know give me a, a raspberry cranberry IPA you got my right. attention right right <laughs> but drinking this man there's nothing this is great um maybe it's love at first sip I think so I think it's happening to both of us this is fun um I mean yeah absolutely and you know obviously want to pull the BJCP in here and yeah definitely. Some- Get some takes from them. So, um, on their style guideline, ciders come in. This one will come in at C2. It's a specialty cider in Perry made with other fruit. And kind of right off the bat, this is not from the BGCP, but it's from kind of us giving you the, the highs and the lows here. So, beer can have apples in it. No problem there. But cider can't have any grain or malt. This, this has to be, you know, just fruit, fruit on fruit, fruit all the way through. And, um, it, you know, this in particular obviously is not just apples, so it comes under this C two category of especially cider. It's got some other fruit happening in here with the uh, with the raspberries and the cranberries. As, as soon as you said that cider can't have grain, I'm pretty sure your dog was like, "No, that was yeah. the, the greatest soundbite <laughs> yeah. ever." It's that's it's that time of the night again when they're right. I just fed them, and yet still, maybe they want dessert or something. Maybe they want some cider. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, they sound like walruses when the sun goes down. <laughs> yeah. um, so back to the uh, back to the cider. So um, so from the BJCP kind of overall impression for this style, it's kind of like a like like a white wine with complex flavors. Getting that apple character must marry with the added fruit so that neither one dominates the other. That's kind of like their high level. And again, I mean, anytime you any category where there's beer, cider, mead, where it's kind of like Cider with fruit, you know you're entering like a broadness here where like obviously blueberries are going to have a different flavor profile than raspberries and that's to be expected. So they do as they always do a great job of kind of just painting high level what should happen. Apples should be present, so should the other fruit. They should all work together. And that's even though as we kind of both said, I definitely grab like raspberry grab me first. I know I'm not drinking a raspberry drink like this is a i know this is a cider from just kind of that dry appley finish and it is almost that's how they marry together for me it starts raspberry and goes and, and maybe cranberry bit in there and goes right that like tartness of the cranberry and goes right into the, an appley dry finish which is is great um so right on on um track with the bjcp are saying about this thing this is awesome here we go <laughs> one one thing I noticed when you were taking taking me through the BJCP, uh, I, I know this doesn't happen on every beer or cider. Um, as a diabetic, I would love it if it did, though. They write on the label. Yes, I um, saw that. If you watch us on YouTube, right on the label, they list the nutrition facts, like how many carbohydrates, how many calories. That's It's not something I want to see in the beers that I drink, certainly not in any of the stouts. 
Um, but it's nice uh, to see that and kind of get get your head around what you're ingesting. Yeah, and again, most ciders, in fact, I mean, it sh- should be pretty much all of them um, by default are gluten free too. So, I mean, we saw a couple years ago, you know, working in a tap, this huge influx in kind of cideries opening. Oh when, yeah, you know, a lot of the kind of the people became more gluten conscious, and that was a, a real issue for a lot of people. Ciders kind of sprung up, um, and really. I mean, you could, it's easy to say we're in like the heyday of beer, but we're easily in the heyday of cider right now as well. I mean, with places like Bee Nectar um, and, and others cranking out amazing stuff, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's easy to see why people could return to this again and again. And now I just feel like, you know, right, it's, I feel like I, I just want to drink everything they have and because it's so well made too. That's the, the one thing, you can have a good anything, a good cheeseburger or a good pizza or a good cider and it can be just good in the end of it, but then sometimes you have one where it's so good, you're like, wow, what do these guys, what else do they do? Tell me more. I'm bought in from sim number one because you are, assume, and as I am right now, that, and you can see it on Untapped, that like everything else they're doing is also amazing. And so, you know, great, great. Show me more. I'm hooked. You got me in. I'm ready to, ready to party with the Bean Nectar guys and see what they got. First bee nectar I ever drank, I was hooked. I uh, wanted everything they made. Uh, I found them after drinking Sam Adams Honey Queen, which okay. was a braggot yes, that they yes. made. And I, you know, I remember saying to who I don't remember, but you know, why aren't there more of these? Right. <laughs> this is this is a, it was like seven or eight um, percent. A couple of untapped data points about ciders. Harrison yeah. was kind of alluding to, especially around. I don't want to say like around the time everyone was making an effort to look, is there gluten in this? Um, but certainly there was a time when people that I remember uh, in retail sales, people were asking, what do you have that's gluten free? And cider was always an easy, you know, you don't have to worry about this at all. Cause sometimes a gluten free beer, especially early on right. five years ago, right. they didn't, yes. they didn't, they weren't tasting all that great. Right. Use sorghum grass or whatever, yeah, yeah, kind of goofy things that, you know, maybe shouldn't be in beer. But yeah, absolutely. And and you could get something from Bee Nectar that is incredibly craftfully made. Uh, This would rival, I would put this up against some of the best beers I've had. Um, For this particular cider on Untapped, just over 1,000 check-ins. So not incredibly popular, but Bee Nectar has over 350,000. Wow. So they're doing great. Uh, again, a lot of meads with great cider as well. And ciders themselves, they don't get a lot of love on Untapped, but mainly just because there's not very many of them. Right. This one in particular rates, it's over four stars or four bottle caps on Untapped. And you'll often see cideries, I think, more than breweries for sure, are location influenced. You know, you, for instance, apples right. are a huge part of making cider right exactly um and then you'll see those regions kind of affect the final product as well like a cider from france is going to be more like a champagne not just because they're from france but in in france they'll stop the fermentation before all the sugar is gone so you'll get something a little more sweet yeah whereas an english cider incredibly well probably the english do ciders better or more prolific than anyone else 
Uh, and there you can find like smoky or grassy flavors mm. because they'll age it in different woods and they'll, right, they'll let right. it kind of wild ferment. And then it, you can go to Spain. Spanish cider, almost, uh, this isn't meant as a knock, a good Spanish cider is going to resemble vinegar. So mm. okay. different takes based on where they're made. And of course, yes, you'll find large cideries like Angry Orchard all over almost every grocery store in the States. Um, so, you know, just be cognizant of that and look for a cidery. Uh, if you can find one local to you or go visit a place like New York or the Pacific Northwest or Russia, which is where I think Russia has the highest concentration of top rated cideries. I saw a lot on of them, untapped, yeah, right on untapped. That surprised cool. me. All right. Well, it didn't. Russia, Russia crushes like right. Russian, Russian craft beer. I've never had a cider from Russia, but apparently they're great. So, uh, hey, Harrison. Sure. Hey, how about them yeah. apples? Oh, I thought we'd get through the whole show without a reference to it, but I was wrong. <laughs> oh, goodness. Good old Matty D from the south side of Boston. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I won't even try. That's good. Um, but that was great. I mean, yeah, thank you for running through us through all that, that cool stuff, John, about ciders and, right, much like beer, you know, it, it's, uh, and especially beer now, there is no one cider. When someone says cider, you should ask more questions. Tell me more about it. Yes. Get yes. that kind of stereotypical cider out of your head, because clearly there is a lot more going on here than just kind of some hard apple drink. This is very complex and exciting, and uh, and yeah, and I'm pumped for enjoying it today. Wonderful. All right, so for this week's rapid fire, um, we're going to have a little fun, as we usually do. Um, although instead of candy bars or cartoons, we're John and I are going to walk a mile or maybe drink a beer in other people's shoes, uh, namely famous people in history, and kind of try and guess based on what we may know or kind of know or have once heard about these people kind of extrapolate what they might have consumed back in the day. So um, stick with us. We'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll uncover some gems. Maybe we'll learn that you and, you know, uh, the man, first man to walk on the moon shared some similar beer traits, perhaps. This is um, great. I'm excited, Harrison. Who do you got? Who's on deck? Well, I'm going to start, uh, as we're drinking ciders um, this evening from a meadery, I'm going to start with Eric the Red. So if you don't know who Eric the Red is, he was a pretty famous explorer, a Viking, around like 900, I think, uh, well, a, now, while a couple ago. thousand years ago. Yeah, but around like 900 uh, BC, I think, um, or maybe AD. But anyway, um, got kicked out of Norway, founded Greenland, essentially. Um, and you know, as we all know, um, Vikings are known for mead. Um, and the cool story, one of the first stories I ever heard about uh, beer or about fermented beverages was kind of how Vikings used to do it and how mead really became, came to be. The way the story goes is that uh, essentially you'd have like a, a, a spoon that was a magical spoon some tribe member would have that would stir a large pot of honey and water that was boiling. And at the end of stirring it, they'd put the spoon in the corner still covered in honey bunch of yeast would fly to it, wild yeast we're talking about here, because the honey was on it, start eating it, and they'd take that spoon back the next day and re-stir the pot. You would kind of stir, like, the mead every day for a while you were making it, and unknown to, of course, if I get to the time, they were introducing yeast into that kind of honey mixture, 
and making it ferment. They had no idea what was going on, so it was kind of magic, magic spoon, pray to the spoon gods, whatever. Excellent. So, um, but that's kind of how we think mead came to be through various research from people smarter than I. But that being said, I think mead is the obvious answer for Eric the Red. Um, maybe he had a red one, kind of like the center we have tonight, named after him. Who knows? Uh, that might be too hard to tell. But yeah, when thinking about kind of pioneers in the world, um, Eric the Red jumps right up and, and yeah, definitely would be a mead drinker. Probably out of a huge horn celebrating a victory on the battlefield or whatever. But that's what I'm seeing first, John. That story about mead is incredible. I would have loved to see, I mean, like how the, stir the right. mead, put the spoon in the corner, bring the mead back. How many like, Right. How many Times. failures in this experiment <laughs> right. happened? Anyway, many accidents exactly right. What the um, first guy that did it? What did he think? Who, who knows? <laughs> He's just lazy, right? Um, <laughs> what do you got, John? So, uh, also back in time, but not nearly as far back. Mm. Charles Darwin, okay, naturalist, yep. maybe the father of evolution. You could probably, sure. you know, find a whole bunch of uh, anecdotes about him. But Darwin, I think, is a great example. This is a, a cider drinker. And okay. mainly the reason I'm, I'm putting it over here is because similarly, right, like cider, I would imagine early on kind of appeared magically from these old mashed up apples that were sitting in a barrel. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you got thirsty. So you drank it and you felt great. And Darwin <laughs> probably looked at that and said, this isn't magic. Something's happening here. And I guess now my point is that cider is the origin point for his papers on evolution you heard it here first boom it inspired it was his his muse perhaps yes, yes. interesting all right I, I could dig on that john i mean yeah darwin uh knew a lot of stuff i'm a big fan of his awards that come out every year the darwin awards <laughs> <clears throat> a lot of ca people forgetting their cats in their dishwasher if i remember correctly and that caused a lot of electrical problems so check on your cat. It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your cats are? Um, I'm going to jump uh, around a little bit in history uh, and go to the one and only Ben Franklin, Philadelphia's own, and try and extrapolate what he may have consumed. Oh, wait. I don't need to guess. We know. Ben liked writing things down. He actually shared a recipe for one of his beers. He brewed a couple um, with the world. And Yards Brewing Company in Philadelphia yes. has yep. made it. So they make Poor Richard's Spruce Ale, which is based off of one of Ben Franklin's recipes. And along with barley, as you would expect, there's also molasses used and spruce. A locally sourced um, organic brew spruce is what Yards puts in their version of this beer. But yeah, Ben Franklin was uh, an amber ale fan, it sounds like. Just making kind of beer in his basement like many of us do today. So hats off to you, Ben. If you ever brewed a beer yourself, you and Ben Franklin have something in common. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, no guessing it needed. Poor Richard's Spruce Sale. If you're ever in Philly, check that thing out. You can actually drink it. And if you use electricity to brew your beer, you're more like Ben Franklin right. than it's almost We're anyways. Right. Let's see what you did there. <laughs> I, um, so next, uh, <laughs> we're jumping all over, but I had to talk about Elvis Presley. Yep. Uh, mainly because my barber is a huge fan of Elvis oh. Presley, uh, bordering nice. on obsessive. But okay. Elvis, this is easy. He's drinking beer 
And the reason yep. that was easy is because, like, not for the science of beer or anything, but just what do you think of when you think of Elvis? Hips, rock and roll, yep. some music maybe, stories about army stuff. No, yep. peanut butter, banana uh, sandwiches. Yes. That's what you think of. And specifically, mm. two breweries, uh, Tamaka in Port Orange, Florida, and Omnipolo uh, oh. of, uh, out of Sweden, who are amazing, made, made beers for Elvis. You can find peanut butter, banana sandwich beer. Uh, the Tamaka out of Florida did a brown ale, and, and Omnipolo did what they do. I'm pretty sure they actually put bacon inside of that one. Surprised. That sounds delicious and right. I can I can feel the meat sweats from you just talking about it, John. <laughs> That's part of the experience. All right, I'm gonna go a little bit out of this world on this next one and talk about the one and only Buzz Aldrin, Moon the, Man. That's right. One of the first ones to walk walk on the moon. Um, what a what a title indeed. Now you may think that I'm gonna jump right to Tang, like a Tang inspired beer. You'd be wrong. I guess Buzz was not a fan of Tang at all, even though it was up there in the space uh, ship with those guys in the Apollo 11 mission. Uh, but um, uh, what he was a fan of was wine. I guess he actually had a little bag of wine up there with him that he drank on the dark side of the moon so that you know NASA, no one could see him enjoying it. Google it. Uh, but apparently it's true. I read it on the internet. Um, there we go. So with that in mind, not a Tang fan, enjoys a little bit of space wine. I'm thinking like Braggot, something like Dogfish Head's Midas Touch, the base beer of that is a Braggot. Um, so yeah, or, you know, or, you know, pick your favorite Braggot, but that would be probably good buzz feel and weightless and happy and dancing and his, uh, his, his loafers from the first sip. Um, yeah, Braggot's an easy one for buzz. Although maybe he also dislikes light lagers because he was, you know, doing this in the '60s, and that was kind of the who do you want Schlitz or do you want Schmitz? That was kind of the world we all <laughs> lived in. Um, but I like to think perhaps maybe he's he's enjoyed a braggot since his his time on this earth or any planet um, he's been here. But that was a uh, that was that was my take on Buzz. What's what are you thinking for the last one here, John? Yeah. This one looks La- good. Last one for me. So Johnny Appleseed. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know, less prolific than, than the previous five we've talked about, but we're drinking cider, and he's maybe the most famous tree grower in United States history. There's probably a better word for it. Nursery man, um, botanist. <laughs> That's different. That's I don't a, think okay. he was actually a botanist. Anyways. Uh, he just had a hole John, in his sack with seeds that were spilling all over yeah. the ground. He was an he, accidental he, farmer. Bad bag maker. <laughs> Earn the credit for spreading apple trees across northeastern U.S. It's the bad and bag. And so, of course, you think, right, oh, cider. No. Here's oh. the catch. This is All like right. the M. Night Shyamalan. I love uh, it. Johnny Appleseed is a mead drinker because oh. without bees, he doesn't, he's not ah. historic at all. He's just a bad, bad, bad man. Bad, bad. He's a bad, anyways. bad guy, right? <laughs> uh, we should get a mead on the podcast soon. I think we need Johnny to Johnny Appleseed is drinking mead because he is so in love with all the work that the bees did to make him famous. I love it. That's right. It's all about the bees. You can say the bees are the yeast of the world. Ooh. Right? You can say that. We wouldn't be here without them. That's just like nectar if you're listening. Right. Bees are the yeast of the world. (laughs) T-shirt idea. Yeah, I got it. Patent pending. Um, Call me for it. That one's on the house. (laughs) We'll work something out. Well, this is great. Wow, I learned a lot. Maybe. 
I certainly laughed a bit. This this cider's going down smooth too. Yeah, it's working. Man, this is great. It's so this is light. A, man. I didn't even look. This is a, a relatively abnormal bottle. Okay, not abnormal bottle, but 500 milliliters. It's not yeah. something I see often. Perfect. And so let's talk about, Harry, what's going on this weekend, like this coming weekend, a, oh. uh, April. Here we are, uh, October 24th. That's it. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's huge. I mean, this is it. Guys, 10 years of Untapped. We're doing it. We're about to get wild online virtually, do some crazy things. We have a ton of fun stuff lined up for you guys. And as you probably saw, if you're following Untapped on social media, you know, cross the 100 brewery landmark line we're all working towards. 100 different breweries are brewing. I remember my first check-in, um, which is so cool. So if you haven't jumped into that that site yet, um, you know, and seeing which one near you is making it, please do. Um, do you can get your hands on some for the festivities this weekend, but yeah, over a hundred different breweries are participating in this, which is, it's, it's wild. And not just in the U S all over the place, Russia. I saw some, I think AF brew is doing it, which is pretty wild. Those guys are yep. no joke. Yep. Um, you know, so it, yeah, it's don't count yourself out. If you're, if you're not in the States, this is kind of happening all over. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I wish it's, it's up to, it's my fault that I don't know how many countries are participating, but you would be hard pressed. It seems like mostly smaller breweries are making a version of this beer, which will be a was it local fruit uh, sour, like a yeah. kettle sour. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, um, and we encourage to use local ingredients, which is is great too. And you um, can there's there was a, a badge contest where uh, even still mm-hmm. today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, you can vote for the the badge that was drawn. Uh, by anyone, anybody who likes Untapped got to draw a badge. We're, we narrowed it down to the top five, and if you check in during the 10th anniversary event on October 24th, you can earn that badge. Yeah. And you can see me and Harrison travel through time yeah. um, due to the magic <laughs> of Greg's time travel app yeah. um, and and some creative video editing. Yeah, uh, we're going to be that. going back to talk about the previous 10 years of untapped and uh, Greg is bringing on a panel and uh, Greg's going to be later on in the day. Greg's going to be talking about the next 10 years of beer. That's right. A whole panel talking about that, a whole panel of people talking about kind of, we're going to John, I look at what's happened the past 10 years. Greg's talking to some industry experts about the future, um, the next decade of beer. It is always fun to extrapolate. I wonder how many times they're going to say loggers. Loggers <laughs> are coming back because, as we've told you and said many times, that's what everyone's been saying for eventually ever. But I guess they're kind of here. I don't know. Um, and uh, and yeah, but it's not just going to be about beer. I mean, we're going to have some other kind of fun things going on. What are some of the other stuff we have lined up, John? That we can we can reveal. Yeah. So here's here's uh, literally how I wrote this because I love it. Harrison, are you hungry? I always I've been hungry since 1993 <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's actually 1987. I don't remember yeah. not being hungry, right. not because I'm starving, just because I no. love food. True. And Mandy, uh, who helped us out with the hundred thousand IBU pyramid game show where you got to see Harrison say fuggles multiple times. Right, I guess I did. 
Uh, Mandy is going to be uh, on with Greg later in the day as well. Um, you can check out the segments on our website, but Mandy's going to be talking about some recipes from her blog. I believe I heard brownies are going to be involved. Mm. And Mandy is a national homebrew gold medalist. So that, like, don't miss, don't miss that segment. Food, an amazing brewer, and, and I mean, Mandy's traveled. She, she's incredible. I can't wait to watch that one. Uh, what, uh, anything else, Harrison, you're excited about? And then, yeah, cocktails, right? But not just any old cocktail. Some Greg's going to feature some beverage consultants. Uh, they walk through kind of taking your beer up a notch and do some beer cocktails. Um, so, yeah, get ready to, to wow your friends, roommates, relatives, whoever you happen to see on Thanksgiving with some sweet beer cocktails. You're not going to miss that. Um, yeah, definitely something to take home. Or just do live, like John and I probably will, be enjoying those cocktails in real time. Um, it is yep. Saturday after all, but yeah, there's lots of fun stuff lined up. It's sure to be a really cool day. It starts at six Eastern, I believe. Am I three Eastern? Is that right? right three time? Eastern three sounds Eastern. right. That's right. Three, <laughs> three to six ish or so. We'll see. Um, it's a party. Yeah, it's a party. Come one, come all. You don't need to get tickets or anything. If you're link, where are the ticket links, Harrison and John? How can I get? Nope, no tickets. You don't need to do that. You can watch it. Um, yeah, it's literally all you have to do is just click on the link and and have the computer. I believe those it. are the only, or even a cell or phone. Or your phone, yeah, you're right, exactly. So, yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast right now, chances are you can also have the technology to enjoy the 10th anniversary festival So or uh, party. It's going to be great. It's uh, We're super excited about it. Everyone on Teps run around uh, like, like crazy to... Get stuff lined up to have a lot of fun with you guys uh, this weekend. So we look forward to seeing you then. And you are right, Harrison. This weekend, October 24th, 3 to 6 p.m. New York time. All right. Perfect. New York, USA. Got it. (laughs) Uh, This has been great. I'm going to keep sipping on this cider, Harrison. What do we got coming up next week? Grab your monster beer, everybody. What? Monster beer? What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Or it's a beer that reminds you of a monster. I'm not talking about huge beers, just a beer with a monster on it or named after one or whatever. This is kind of a broad category. We're going to explore it together. Um, It'll be almost Halloween. Um, So we're going to be enjoying Bat Squatch from Rogue Brewing Company, which has quite the story behind it, which I will regale you all with maybe. Or maybe I'll just stumble through it and we'll make our own story about the Bat Squatch. We'll see what happens. Um, and, yeah, if you can guess what my favorite Halloween movie is, you win five imaginary points. Um, and if you're not following us at uh, That Beer Podcast on Twitter yet, please do. John has been throwing out some great stuff. A lot of things having to do with the Candy Bar episode last week. That was a lot of fun to see everybody engaging with that, um, the candy bar and beer pairing episode, but we kind of try to keep it fun there and put some stuff there that we don't put anywhere else. So if you're not checking us out on Twitter, uh, at that beer podcast, uh, we'll get you all you need to know. Otherwise the show notes for this episode are going to be available at podcast.untapped.com. This episode and all of our episodes are brought to you by untapped. If you want to grab some of this sweet, 10-year anniversary gear, check out store.untapped.com and then use the coupon code podcast. That'll save you 20% off. 
If you have any questions or feedback, you want us to talk about cider more, you want Harrison to regale you with the Bat Squatch story, send us a message. You can connect with Untapped on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. Um, other than that, really excited to see you guys this weekend and yeah. next week. Exactly right. We'll see you then, guys. Cheers. Cheers. There it is. Always. Yeah. <laughs> right for the right for it. <laughs>